Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Waking Infinity News podcast with your host, Ben Joseph Stewart. That's me. You can find me at benjosephstewart.com, and that's where you can find all my exclusive content. I have countless hours of exclusive content, Awakening Protocols, which deals more with um, tips and tricks and and, uh, ways of viewing our higher potential and how to step into it, as well as deeper dives, which go into the kind of more shadow content. Many people would call it conspiracy theory, and I do focus on that quite heavily. And I also made this exclusive content at benjosephstewart.com because all of the censorship around um, post-COVID content on YouTube, there were a lot of people losing their pages. I was actually just on um, Luke Rutkowski's show, the, the best political podcast. Um, that's, that's actually the name of it because he has the best political t-shirts.com and um i was just on his show and he his whole channel was demonetized he has almost a million subscribers on youtube and he was making you know i don't, I don't want to say how much he was making he was making a decent amount um and all of a sudden he lost all that monetization because youtube made a decision and he couldn't appeal it they didn't even give him a reason for it That is why I have this exclusive content. Much of the exclusive content really does draw from the information that I get from select elite conspiracy theorists out there. And I want to name one and focus on her work today, and that is Alison McDowell. You should go to wrenchinthegears.com, and you should also just type in Alison McDowell with one L, -L A-L-I-S-O-N, and last name M-C-D-O-W-E-L-L, so two L's at the end. Allison McDowell on YouTube has many, many hours, and some people, I've, I've turned people on to her work, and they're like, it's really hard to get through because she drops a lot of names, she drops a lot of new terminology, and I'm like, I know, I have a hard time uh, keeping up with where she's going. I make tons and tons of notes and I always intend to go and look at, you know, who these people are and what I can find out about them. And all I can say is bravo, Allison, because you really are hitting the nail on the head, especially with this thing that I just found in her video on YouTube. It's called The Parallel Economy as the New Normal. Dash, are we calling it authoritarian? So, The whole point that I've gotten from this 40-minute talk, and she has some three-hour talks, four-hour talks, and they're very, very well-documented because she will split the screen and she will show you um, her website and all the graphs that she makes to track the influence and the incestuous connections between a lot of these big tech, also pharmaceutical, and um, even you could even say um, governmental agencies, She shows you how they're all connected. And so she is far deeper down this specific rabbit hole than I am. And that's why I lean heavily on her work. And this page, or I'm sorry, this video called The Parallel Economy as the New Normal, she's saying really interesting things. One of them is that what if this whole World Economic Forum fight, right? We're all fighting against the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab they're all actors and actresses. And if they're, you're not, you know, I don't say this like they're Hollywood actors and they're part of the Screen Actors Guild and they they do the same exact kind of work because you could even say that they're billionaires and they don't have to follow exact scripts unless they're in front 
of a camera and when they're in front of the camera, they are representing their agenda in the same way that when I was in the military, I wasn't allowed to talk about politics on camera or go and do an interview and talk about my political worldviews. That's because I represent the military. And yes, I was in the military from age 17 to 23. I learned a lot. I learned why I don't want to be in the military as well. Um, but to stay focused on this, these actors in the World Economic Forum, they make it very easy to not trust them. Very, very easy to not trust them. Almost suspiciously easy. And Alice McDowell says, while everyone is focused on fighting the World Economic Forum and, and these this low-hanging fruit, if you will, they don't realize that they're, they are pushing into territory and then demanding something that may actually be this parallel economy, but also a parallel computing system where AI can turn on and see, in a sense, through both economies, how to triangulate the human decision-making better. I know that might have been a mouthful, so I'm going to try and give you my best synopsis of what I'm hearing Alison McDowell saying in this video. She's basically saying that what was the economy in the past? Well, it's always been about holding value inside currency. That's, if you look at the definition of money, it is a store of value. It is a unit of measure and it is a medium of exchange. So you exchange it. You're meant to exchange it. I value your uh, chicken and you value this money because then you get to spend that money later on. So let's trade. We are exchanging this. And then it is a um, unit of measure because it has to be a perfect measure of a certain amount of value, and therefore it stores value. And there are hidden taxes on this, or let's say leaks to this vessel, because since, let's say, 100 years ago, the dollar had 96% more purchasing power than it does today. So if you held $50,000 back then, or let's say you held $100,000 back then, let's make the math easy. Today, that would have $4,000 worth of purchasing power according to the value of the money that you had 100 years ago. That's pretty wild. So why am I saying this? That's what the economy really always was, is an exchange of value. Here's what's happening to the economy now. Everything is, is being tracked and surveilled. Cash is going away. CBDCs are coming. FedNow is already working on this. CBDCs are in many different countries already operational. And Catherine Austin Fitz has been talking about this. Whitney Webb has been talking about this. I made a film on Tim Pool's TimCast.com called Game of Money, all about this. The CBDCs are not just a digital form of money that's programmable, meaning if you travel five minutes outside your 15-minute city, your money doesn't work anymore. It's not just programmable in the way that there's an expiration date on it, so it's more like a coupon. Use this before this date or else it goes away. So bye-bye savings. A CBDC is also a way of tracking your behavior so it can live permanently online, all of your data being harvested and monitored in ways that we don't even monitor our own behavior. So we don't remember every little nook and cranny of things that we do and all of our behaviors on a day-to-day -day basis. But imagine if all that were tracked 
like biohacker's wet dream. Like, oh, I didn't realize that like I have this oscillation to how well I sleep and this oscillation to when I wake up and this oscillation to when I want or need my coffee. I didn't know that, but it knows that. What's the it? The machine. So this parallel economy, as we're kind of demanding that World Economic Forum steps down, we want things to be decentralized, not centralized. What if that's the push? That's what Alison McDowell is saying. What if that is the overarching push? We want decentralization. We want there to be a parallel economy. We want there to be Bitcoin and all these other types of, let's say, tokens. Because if you think about it, She's even saying this about Rumble, like, oh, you don't like YouTube? Go to Rumble, go to Odyssey, go to BitChute, go to um, Rockfin, go to any of these, because they're also tokenizing. What are the tokens? What, am I, what do I mean when I say tokens? Most of us think of an arcade, and we're like, oh, I got a token, that means I get one more game. Yes, but what if that game was tracking your data? Every time you use this token, you're like, damn, I just got 50,000 tokens, right. And guess what they're getting in return? 50,000 tokens worth of your data points to show the machine what you value and what you are willing to trade value for. You store value, you give value. But what are you asking for? That's what's being tracked. Why? Possibly so the machine and therefore future generations can permanently look at and then judge everything that you do. Now, is this wrong? Is this bad? I don't think there's anything inherently evil about it. However, I haven't seen anything that comes from, I haven't seen anything authentic, genuine, and open, transparent about the powers that be that are creating some of these crises that push us to demand for our freedoms and then give us these solutions that are also tokenizing our behavior and harvesting our data and giving it and selling it to the same exact data aggregators. Yeah, maybe there will be more competition amongst data aggregators, but the little person, the lower ends of the economic ladder have always been disenfranchised, have always been used for whatever data or whatever work or whatever kinds of services you can get from this lower class, but it never seems to change. Now, is this an archetypal fixed constant of the universe, or is this some Illuminati agenda? Honestly, I think it's a ghost in the machine. I think it is self-perpetuating in many ways, and yes, there are many actors that have much more sway, and you can point to them and say, no, they are the holders of the conspiracy. They are the perpetuators of the agenda. And I do believe they exist, but you really think Bill Gates, you really think Klaus Schwab, all these people that they're allowing you to see their face, they're media moguls, they're constantly going out and sharing their voice and their opinions. And yes, they believe in what they're talking about, but they are not the actual face of, I w I'm not going to say evil, but of the threat we are facing. Because even if you're playing a game and you said yes to this game, there are still threats inside games in football, in baseball, in chess. I mean, less in chess because it's not a full contact sport. But I hope you get what I mean. There are always downsides in games and we are being tokenized in many ways. And so the Bill Gates, the Klaus Schwab's, the Yuval Noah Harari's, these are all people to pay attention to, yes, but they are the actors of a crisis before us. 
Now, they're not a part of the Screen Actors Guild, and they don't show up to the same exact sets, and they get to kind of fudge their scripts a little bit more, maybe, because they're rich. They get to create their scripts. But when they go on camera and they're representing their organization, their organization is like a transformer. It's like this huge um, collective organism that is affecting billions, maybe trillions of dollars and their flows, affecting the resources of planet Earth and how they get mined. They are affecting rules and regulations and how people can or are allowed to relate to their company. What I'm really talking about is Alison McDowell has done a great job in highlighting that many of the solutions that the average conspiracy theorists are talking about, like, well, we just need to stop this WHO treaty that's coming in May of 2024, then we'll be good. Or we just need to stop the World Economic Forum, then we'll be good. We just need to stop the CBDC march towards our financial system, then we'll be good. And what do we have? Lockstep with that is Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, tokenized uh, video content platforms that will not censor you no matter what, right? Is this the agenda or is this just us being too conspiracy theory minded, right? I don't think Alison McDowell is not aware that there could be good things about this. And this is why on her video, the end of it, the end of the title at least, it's, are we calling it authoritarian? She was just talking about in this video that do we, would you call it authoritarian if I decided that I wanted to drive on the left-hand side of the road and then I got pulled over by a, car, uh, a cop car? And they said, why are you driving on the wrong side of the road? Because you're infringing upon my right to do whatever the hell I want. And she says, like, obviously that's a stupid example of calling our system authoritarian because there has to be some coordination there has to be some kinds of social agreements so we do want governance and we don't want to take care of all of this on our own and what we happen to do is when we find something and we get a meme or a little bit of information about something that seems really stupid about our system we're like yeah our system's all fucked and it's you know probably joe biden's fault and it's this that and the other and we like loosely fill in the blanks with absolutely no research even as well researched people in other arenas i end up doing this i realize it when Alison McDowell kind of calls it out, it's just like, yeah, the whole Bitcoin thing, this is also going to be, there's a permanent ledger online and you can say it's encrypted and that's great. But who's writing the protocols layer of how this interfaces with all the different websites out there? And I may not know exactly what I'm talking about with all of this, you know, especially with the terminology or how protocols layer actually interfaces or if it even does interface between Bitcoin, the permanent ledger and places like, you know, Rockfin, BitChute, Odyssey, blah, blah, blah. Bitcoin's not f really connected in those places. But let's say in the future, they're like, yeah, get your freedom coin. It's Bitcoin. It's the only thing that we use. You know, fuck those World Economic Forum freaks. We're only going to use Bitcoin over here. And guess what's still happening? This is in the future. I'm speaking hypothetically. Guess what's still happening is your data, all your purchases, everything is still being shared. It's still being 
put onto the blockchain permanently, but it's just encrypted. I don't know how or if there will be a workaround to unencrypt, but that is actually what many people are calling for is like online anonymity should be gone out the window. Whitney Webb is saying that this is one of the main um one of the main reasons why we are going to in her mind see a cyber attack in the United States this year in 2024 is to end online anonymity. I don't know exactly how to parse all this out because I'm sure I'm making a few very generous leaps of logic in order to just kind of make this point that I'm trying to make for all of you, which is for all those freedom-minded people that listen to this show, keep in mind that I'm a dad, I'm busy during the day, I can't always double-check, triple-check everything that I'm saying, and many times... I'm an artist. I don't even get up here on this platform to make it seem like I'm I'm trying to compete with the major pundits and the major researchers and investigative journalists out there. I just like talking to you all. I research avidly and I don't ever intend to say something inauthentic or untrue. However, it must happen. I'm human. It must. So, I say these things to get you thinking, not to make you hop from one model of reality to my model, not so you can stop thinking what you think and start thinking what I think. It's more or less, I want you to challenge what it is that I'm saying. I want you to consider it, think about it, look deeper into it, match it to your worldview. And here's the only last part of it, mind goodness out of it. If I'm just an idiot, then you're like, well, I listen to him to hear what I don't want to, you know what I don't want to believe in. Or if you believe what it is that I'm saying, I'm telling you, don't just outright believe me. I have my blind spots and I have my biases. I want to bring to you all the work that I find that I, uh, you know, when I have a revelation, like I'm watching Alison McDowell's video today and I have this revelation, like, of course I've known that the World Economic Forum looks too easy to be the bad guys, right? Like, oh, all we got to do is take them down and yay, everything's great again. Like, really? I, I doubt it. I highly, highly doubt it. Because I don't think they themselves are the originator of the idea of this agenda, I think they are the agents, and we're talking about cymatics. If you don't know what that is, that's the science of how vibration moves matter into certain geometries. I made this film called Chimatica about how we are beings of cymatics. We are frequency-based beings. I believe that the World Economic Forum and all of its constituents are moved by an underlying force that maybe is ineffable. Maybe we can't really put accurate words on it. We can try, but maybe we really can't figure it out. So what we're doing is we're fighting our brothers and sisters, and we come up with reasons to hate the people that we see online, like the Bill Gateses and the Klaus Schwabs, because of we see two or three things that they say, and then we hear 90 minutes of somebody spinning it to make them seem like the devil incarnate. I've always hated that about any politician. When a news station will show you three seconds of something that they say, and then they'll spin it for the next five minutes. So you hate that person. Engendering hate, manufacturing hate for people that we are only internet informed about. What if that is the way the machine is keeping our amygdala hooked to it? 
oh man, I hate media, but I watch it every day just to know what, you know, what's going on in the world. And yeah, yeah, but you're also part of the matrix when you do that. You're hooking directly, you're hooking your amygdala directly to an information pumping machine that has military grade weaponry at their disposal. And I don't just mean um, assault rifles and shit like that. I'm talking about psyops, getting inside your amygdala and programming you via the use of the screens that we are in love with, that we're always looking at. Every 12 minutes, we're looking at our phone. We spend hours and hours and hours of every single day in front of a device that we scarcely understand. We don't understand the back end or the source of the information that's coming through, and we definitely don't understand the format. We can see it. We can feel it. But we don't understand when it's being impregnated with a message that frames our world in a certain way. You need Bitcoin. It's going to save you from the Fed. Evil Fed, good Bitcoin. Great Hegelian dialectic, right? Great polar opposite. Okay, you don't like this? Go to this side. You don't like the Democrats? Go be a Republican. You don't like either of them? Sure. Be an independent or a libertarian. There's all these basins where if you get caught up in the rah-rah-rah and you're not actually doing your work, which is understanding thyself, really understanding thyself and the impulses that you have that connect you to certain ideologies and worldviews that shape the way you behave. Because I'm telling you, everything about Bitcoin, everything about technology, whether you know it or not, is shaping your behavior. The way that we sit often is shaped by how high the laptop in front of us is sitting. The way that our ne necks kind of bend and crane, that's really how far our arms and hands wish to hold up our iPhone or our Android. We are shaping our very being, not just our behavior, but our posture and our, be our beingness according to technology. I'm not asking you to find all of this as the new enemy. What I'm asking you to do is awaken to the way you engage with it. Because you can say, oh, I don't, I don't like, I don't vote because blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, I don't like Bitcoin because blah, blah, blah. Or I do like Bitcoin because blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter if you're engaging with it and you're bringing mixed, confused, or highly charged and, you know, uh, at least 50% of it negatively charged, if you're bringing these kinds of emotions to the moments where you engage with your technology or your lover or your job or nature or other people in society at large, you are automatically creating, you are co-creating with that other agent a reality that is going to exist inside your body and emit itself outside in your biofield. I know I'm not you know, trying to get to the bottom of like the, the psychological and, and consciousness basin or framework here. Uh, I'm not trying to explain reality in some woo-woo way. What I do want you to hear from what I'm saying is that how much do you know why you behave the way you do, why you fear the things you do, why you feel safe with certain things or with listening to certain people like myself. Why do you feel safe listening to me? Or do you? Do I make you feel scared? D 
Does this voice make you feel more informed? Why do you feel that way? If you're not asking these questions on a daily or a weekly basis, you're falling into an unconscious pattern. I don't know what that pattern is, but you are. So that's the point of this solo cast. Don't always believe your eyes, your ears, the things that you read online, or the thoughts in your own head. But that doesn't mean you should distrust everything. It just means remain skeptical. When you remain skeptical of the world and the very reality that you are sensing, you start to ask deeper questions. When you ask deeper questions, you remain open to the response from reality itself. And then, I think, this is when you unhook from the matrix fully. doesn't matter if you still have Bitcoin, still use your iPhone, and still interface with the government. You unhook from the matrix by deeper inquiry and being open and listening to the response from reality itself. Because the very trap that we think we are culturally and collectively stepping into is also a part of a mirage. It's an oasis. It's something that looks very real. It looks very solid. It has definition to it. But it is really the imaginal realm. I think we are stepping deeper and deeper and deeper into a dream state, a hypnagogic dream state. That's what this military-grade technology is helping us into, a slumber. The way that we wake up is the same thing that they said in Inception. Question the nature of your reality. When you do so, you start inquiring deeper, asking more nuanced questions, and actually actively, meditatively listening for a response. It may come from within you. It may come from another person or nature. But the response will come somehow. Please go check out Allison McDowell's work on YouTube. Go check out wrenchinthegears.com. And please go to benjosephstewart.com. Sign up, become a member, get countless hours of exclusive content that would get me banned on YouTube. Thank you for your support. I love you all. Consider these things that I've said as a friendly gesture from me to you. I am not an authority figure that you should be listening to. I am a friend trying to get you to more deeply inquire about your reality. That being said, I love you all, and I'll catch you all next time on Waking Infinity News.